welcome to the Sports Performance Podcast. If you're interested in staying healthy, becoming fitter or stronger, getting rid of pain, or enhancing your athletic performance, this is the place for you. We're excited to be part of your journey to better health. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Sports Performance Podcast. Hola, Dr. Brissa. Hola, como estas, Chris? That is, that is not any better from last week. <laughs> I know she works on this. Uh, it's, it's not really getting there. You're close, but not quite there. Um, Dr. Stephanie, how are you doing? Hello, fantastic. Uh, today, uh, this is uh, probably Marissa's favorite, not topic, but region. Love it. She loves this one. Eight? No. Five. Three? Five. Okay, five. We'll negotiate. <laughs> five ways to get rid of hip pain and back to exercising injury-free. And I feel like hip pain... This is one truly, of your favorite body parts too, Chris. I do. I do. Mm-hmm. I, re- I really like this um, because it's really... Mm, I shouldn't say easy or simple. It's pretty basic to fix if you use some of these tips. It really, really is basic, and you just need the knowledge uh, and awareness to help you identify that because this body part, more than a lot of other body parts, gets mistaken for back pain or vice versa, and they're so interrelated that you can get misdiagnosed. I mean, you can kind of see different, you know, five to ten different specialists, and and really it comes down to is, uh, is it truly coming from the hip? Yeah. Dr. Marissa, start it off. Give me one of the five. One of the five ways yep. to get rid of hip pain yes. and back to exercising injury free. What do you got? Um, I would say usually with my hip people, I like to see like like to see them do a squat. Um, mm-hmm. and if they're having hip pain with a squat, we want to determine if it's in the front or if it's in the back, mm-hmm. right? Um, but a lot of the times when people are looking at, if you're looking at their single leg movements, Mm -hmm. you find that anytime they're on one leg, they feel it in their quads. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I found that with a lot of the hip people, they do a lot better if you can teach them to find their glutes and find their hamstrings and almost be able to, to hinge a little bit better and sink back into their hips when they're squatting or bending Mm -hmm. down instead of just kind of smashing the knees forward um, and getting all of that tension through the front of the hip. We mm-hmm. like to, to get it, push it into the back of the hip a little bit, um, especially if the front of the hip's a little bit flared up. So learning to and, and learning to bend or hinge mm-hmm. from the hip joint yep. and not from the back. Instead of just the back and the knees, yeah. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, so you'll test somebody, put them on two legs, mm-hmm. have them bend forward. Yep. Um, so they may or may not have pain. And yep. then you'll have them do the same exact activity on one leg. Yep. And that helps you understand what their movement pattern is. It helps me, yeah. It helps me see a movement pattern and see if they have any stability mm. on that leg. Some people will blame their balance. They'll say, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, my balance is terrible. Yep. But really their their hip is just not controlling their movement mm-hmm. very well. Yep. Um, and so if that's telling me that there's possibly some strength issues. Yep. Uh, that could lead to some overuse issues, then yep. that's where we end up finding a really good place to start. That's perfect. Okay, so then yeah. that's great because that's the identification of where it could be coming from, mm-hmm. right? And you're right. A lot of people blame their balance, right? Like I've always had bad balance. <laughs> yeah. Um, but balance is is such a um, – that's a that's a tough 
labeled a place on your inability to stay on one foot. It's not always that. It could right. be truly, like we're saying, strength. So yeah. being able to tease those out is very, very important. Okay. Uh, that's number one. Number two, Dr. Steph. Uh, number one's a great segue into number two. Um, you need to strengthen mm-hmm. your hips. And what we mean by that is, um, so a lot of times people have hip pain and that might be coming from the weakness, mm-hmm. um, like Mar- Dr. Marissa said. A lot of times it can come coming from asymmetries. Mm-hmm. So let's say one hip is stronger than the other. Let's say um, you tend to use your right hip flexor a little bit more than your left hip flexor, or your left glute turns on a little bit better than your right yep. glute. Um, so I like singling your legs out for that reason, um, whether it's Bulgarian split squats, whether mm-hmm. it's um, lunges. Mm-hmm. I like the single leg work, mm-hmm. um, but make sure you're doing equal reps on each side mm-hmm. and make sure it feels the same. You know, kind of really be picky and make sure that you're feeling the same on each side. Um, no, I agree. And, and I'm, let me interrupt for one time because your, your your point is actually very valid. There's a pretty famous um, kind of strength coach who brought this up a couple years ago, and it's really easy to understand. So say, for instance, uh, you can squat um, 200 pounds, okay? Um, you know, some people might be able to do that or 400, whatever your number is, right? Uh, yet, if you put that same weight, cut it in half, and try and lunge with that weight on your back. Should theoretically be capable, right? Right. Not that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's not going to happen. But here's the interesting part. So say, for instance, you could do 200 with two legs down on the ground. Then you put that same weight on your back and you do a lunge and you can do 100 on the right. And then you can only do like 80 or 70 on the left. Sure. I like that's that. the most important thing to focus on. Not the absolute number that you couldn't do 100 on both. It's the fact that you couldn't do the same on both. Yeah. So it's all theory, right? But really, you brought up a key word, and that's asymmetry, right? The inability to do the same on the same on both legs, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's huge. And so I, you know, learning. Dr. Mercer talked about the movement and really learning how to hinge or bend, and then now you're talking about the strength, right? And and you can also start small too. You don't have mm-hmm. to to go straight into lunges and, and single leg squats. You can honestly, so many people have. Um, Strength issues with their hip abductors. So mm-hmm. laying on your side, bringing your leg out to the side. Jane Fonda. Yeah, Jane Fonda exercises mm-hmm. for those old enough to know who Jane Fonda is. Um, but She's just an actress. <laughs> the side leg Kidding. raises. Um, off the side, you feel that good muscle burn in the side of the hip. Or if you're feeling pinching in the front of the hip with the mm-hmm. deep squat, mm-hmm. a lot of people think it's a mobility problem. They'll smash off their hip flexors. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yep. And you can do that all day, but they're not getting results. And it might be a strengthening issue. Yep. So um, strength first. Mm-hmm. Always. I like that. Yeah. We're a little biased. <laughs> Just get everything strong. <laughs> I think it's also, though, I think we also have to make sure that our listeners realize that it's not necessarily the fact that you have asymmetries that causes pain, right? Mm-hmm. Weakness doesn't automatically mean pain because you've got 90-year-olds out there with super weak hips or something, mm-hmm. and they don't necessarily have pain. I think it's more of if you have an asymmetry but you're still loading mm-hmm. the joint, Absolutely. then the one side's less likely to get overused because mm-hmm. it's stronger versus that other side that's already a little bit weaker. You're asking Absolutely. it to do the same thing as the other side, yeah. and that's when you can start to get some overuse pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Um, and, and so so those are the, the first two. The third, this one is big for me, and if you ever see me in the clinic setting, I am going to ask you questions and interview you until you figure it out on your own and you're sick of me asking you questions because I'm going to ask you where it's coming from, when do you get it, 
why do you get it, when does it happen, exactly what point during the walking cycle, when does it feel during the run, is it at mile two, is it a mile and a tenth, uh, is it because of the new shoes, is it where does your pain come from and why. Uh, if you don't change this, if you hear, if you take anything away from this podcast, if you do not change the stimulus, the reason why it's occurring, it cannot go away. Temporarily, it can. But if you're looking for a long-term fix, you've YouTubed all the strength and exercises, you've you know learned how to hinge from your hip, and you're going to do these other tips that we're going to give you, if you don't realize where that overuse portion of your pain is coming from, it's going to be very difficult for you to get rid of it long term. And so there's different stages that we take people through. And the first part is really like identifying where it's coming from. You know, we evaluate it, we'll, you know, decrease your pain, give you some exercises to get going, uh, get you back to what you're doing. But ultimately, you have to learn uh, how to reduce it on your own and identify that because if you don't, you're going to be in trouble. I just had somebody this morning uh, that had hip pain and one of the biggest uh, problems that this person had was that they loved standing on one leg. And some people love to disagree with me on this. However, when you do this, this person was mid-40s, uh, also had uh, children who they carried onto one side. I was literally just about to ask yep, that. Yep, yep. Uh, two kids on the same side, like to kind of carry them, kind of like a you know, like a little monkey on the side hip. Uh, for all the parents out there, know what that looks like and feels like. Uh, you know that is just a lot of weight bearing, a lot of pressure applied thousands of times with additional weight onto your body. Uh, times and, X number of years. And it's usually only on one side. Everyone yeah. kind of has the side sure. that they like to carry their kid on more yes. than the other side. Yep. If you're, in a, if you're a parent, you probably know which side you like to yep. hang out with your kid on. Yep, <laughs> exactly. So again, these are not always the, the full answer, but they're a piece of it. And you, you have to learn what these pieces are um, so you know how to solve your puzzle. It really is what it comes down to. Uh, so track your response to the things that you do, such as running. Uh, most people come in, they say, you know what, I've had hip pain for months and it's when I run. Great, I understand that. Okay, when during the run does it happen? Well, I don't know, it just happens. And then I just continue running. Great, did you ever realize if it was the first five minutes? Does it get better with time? Does it get worse? Does it happen always at the mile 10? Is it always around that same hill that you go up and down? And when it, it's mind blowing to a lot of people, like, I never realized. It's because I haven't changed up my shoes. I always get it from the beginning and it always gets better uh, or it only hurts at the very end. All these little things go it, uh, make a big deal when it comes to uh, full long-term resolution. So uh, look at when you're getting your symptoms, track it. Uh, it can be a, something on your phone, a mental note, something that you can do to start looking at day-to-day -day changes. Uh, it is very, very important. Again, take this one uh, as a high priority uh, with this podcast. Uh, you know, it, it is going to be a long-term solution for you. With that, number four, Dr. Steph, what do you got? Uh, so let's assume you listen to Dr. Chris, you figured out what exactly is the reason that you're getting the response that mm -hmm. you're getting. Um, number four is strengthen around that painful movement. Mm, what do you so mean? let's say, <clears throat> let's say, going back to the squat example, let's say you're going into a deep squat and you feel this little pinching in the front of your hip at the bottom of the squat. Mm -hmm. Don't go that low. Mm. Keep strengthening your your muscles and keep strengthening your squat movement, but don't go into the. But I want to squat, Doctor Steph. I want to squat. Awesome. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to tell you no. We're going to modify it. Mm. And if you don't want to go all the way down 
if you don't want to modify the height, maybe I'm going to have to put a box behind you so you can't go down further than what I want you to go down to. Do you always yell at your clients like this? Heck yeah. <laughs> Man, this is I'm ruthless mean. over here. I'm mean. Ruthless. Dr. Steph is ruthless. No, you're right. No, though. We, you're right. I mean, it's, it's hard. When you, when you have the mindset of that most of our clients have, yeah. it's really hard to give up what you love. Hands down. So you kind of have to force yourself to stay away from the things that are going to keep flaring up whatever issue you have. So I like putting a box, um, a box jumper, a bench, or something to squat down to, so you don't go past into that painful mm -hmm. position. And then slowly reintroduce that movement once the strengthening is working and gets gets Hands you a little stronger. Hands on. I, I think you're right because what ultimately what probably 99% of the people listening right now is they're not going to stop. And they don't want to stop. Rightfully so. Nobody wants... We get it. We've been there. Well, and especially when you have some momentum. Maybe you uh, have been trying to lose weight, get back into exercising, and you're like, I'm finally in the rhythm. I'm a month in, and I just started developing this hip pain. I'm not going to stop. Or I'm afraid to stop because I'm going to go right back to where I was. Got it. There's solutions so beyond stop. stopping. Yes. So do not rest it. Probably one of the worst things you can ever do. Don't take six weeks off. Don't take medications. Modify. Uh, modify. Work around it and uh, work or partner with somebody to be able to help you. That's the biggest thing here is if you can just find somebody who can help you with accountability, you know, like a physical therapist at Sports Performance, this is exactly what happens. You work with somebody who knows, uh, is an expert in that area, get the information, try it on your own, use them as a resource so you can continue exercising as long as you want without having to take a break. That is the solution. Yeah. I would say that also, though, it's not a forever, a forever, uh, oh, yeah. like limitation. Yeah. 100%. So we, let's say we take away that full bottom of the squat. Oh, that's only for maybe a week or two until your hip feels a little bit better able to go into that position. Right. And then mm -hmm. we'll start training right back into that position that you need. And it just gives the area some time to calm down. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to avoid it forever. Mm -hmm. It's just a little bit of a window. Mm -hmm. And even if you can change it. So let's say maybe, you can't go full depth in a squat without pinching, but if you get on like a leg press machine, you're fine with going sure. all the way into that oh, full yeah, depth. Sure. You can keep training a full depth something, even mm -hmm. if it's a full depth single leg squat or anything like that, so that you're still getting that stimulus and still getting that intensity without having to avoid it forever. I, you're right. That's key because yeah. th I think a lot of people might think that. Right, that, that they'll never be well, able to I'll go into never, a squat again. Yeah. Uh, I have bad knees or I have bad hip mm -hmm. and they told me never to squat again. Well, don't go to the toilet then because that, <laughs> that's against all rules. Uh, no, you'll be able to. It's just working around it. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. So number five, and, and we leave this topic <laughs> for Dr. Marissa because this is her passion. It's my favorite. This is, it usually has to do with something like food and sleep, but I'm not, <laughs> it, this is like her passion just to sleep. She is, she is the queen of, of naps and, and, and sleeping. So I'll let her explain this one. Number five, Dr. Marissa, what do you got? Number five is to fix the easy things. And okay. easy should be in quotes because these are actually the hardest things to fix, but can give you almost the biggest return on your investment in them. Yeah. Um, so let's say it's somebody comes in, They've got hip pain. They're not willing to stop what they're doing at all. They say, I'm going to go into the bottom of every single squat that I want to, and you're going to find a way to make me get better, even though I'm still going to do this. Yeah. I say, okay, what does sleep look like? What does nutrition look like? What does the rest of your, uh, your life stress look like? Because yeah. sometimes if you just 
find a way for somebody to recover a little bit better from their training, mm -hmm. then those tissues and those structures don't get as irritated because they are recovering before the next yep. session, right? So you can almost address almost all injuries, I would say, with a little bit of more sleep, yep. probably a little bit more protein, a little bit more recovery, um, especially with like our high school athletes. Tons of soccer players come in. They're like, oh, my hips are killing me. I but I sleep six hours a night and I eat uh, Takis and, a, <laughs> and fruit and no no protein. And tahin. Right, and, and tahin. And so if you're breaking down muscle every single day at soccer practice mm -hmm. and you're not going to start lifting and you're not going to do anything, at least try to get some more sleep. Try to get some more protein so that your body can do what it's supposed to yeah. and heal the structures and rebuild them a little bit stronger. So I think that that's kind of an easy place to start but of course it's not actually easy so theory, right? <laughs> right so people will come in looking for because they know there's they're like oh i know there's got to be some sort of new exercise that i can add in but you're if you have somebody who is also chronically overworking themselves mm -hmm. and never ever giving their body a chance to recover you can just adding more exercise doesn't kind of fix a problem you're just adding more volume right. on top of too much volume and so that's i feel like the hardest thing to get across to people but if they were to possibly implement it, it could yeah. make huge impacts even in like a week. For sure. more, a little bit more sleep. So, and, and the, those are kind of the, the sum of the, of the five biggest tips that we give people. And we're giving you different options here because not all of them apply to you. It's about which one's the priority for you, right? Yeah. Is it a movement problem? Sure. Like if you exercise regularly and you're taking care of these other things and you just don't know how to move from your hip and stuff, your side of your back, maybe that applies to you. Maybe you, just, you don't have the sufficient strength to do that or you have large asymmetry side to side mm -hmm. or you just don't know what's causing it. Where in your training cycle, where in your exercise routine is it coming from? Uh, four is, you know, what modifications do you need to work around this so you can continue exercising? And then lastly, like fix the easy things. All of these are fantastic ideas so that you can continue exercising without that stubborn, pinchy, irritating hip pain mm -hmm. that has not gone away. Yeah. Right, guys? Yeah. Yeah. There it is. In 18 minutes, five tips. Go exercise. We'll see you on the next episode. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Sports Performance Podcast. If you enjoy our content, help us help others by giving us a five-star review. This gives us an opportunity to provide people just like you with great information to stay healthy. If you have any questions, email us at teamsp at sportsperformancept.com. If you want more, head over to our website and sign up for our VIP email list to stay in touch with the latest and greatest. And while you're there, download one of our free reports on back pain, knee pain, ankle pain, or running efficiency. It doesn't matter if you're new to exercise, an experienced personal trainer or coach, healthcare professional or professional athlete. This information is literally for anyone interested in fitness and health. We're excited to keep you healthy and active. We'll see you on our next episode.